Section 30 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 30. Thursday, October 1. My heart was much devoted to him who devoted himself to death for me. Peace and purity were my agreeable companions, and I saw the indispensable need of perpetual watching, and looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith, who for the joy which was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Endured the cross, despised the shame, and shall the disciple desire to be above his master? Shall I ever shun the cross, or dread the shame? God forbid! For it is only on condition that we suffer with him, that we shall also reign with him. At teas today there was a gracious melting in the congregation, and the prospect of a good work on the hearts of many. I then rode to Mr. F.'s, and the untaught audience felt the weight of divine truth. Mr. F. has been under religious impressions amongst the Nicolites, but suffers spiritual loss by the want of more fortitude. Friday, too. I preached a funeral sermon on Nanticoke River, and we had a very solemn season. Lord's Day, 4. I was greatly assisted in my public exercises, though my body was afflicted with a fever. After preaching twice, I rode to Mr. W.'s, and enjoyed consolation in my soul, though at present there is but a small prospect of my being permitted to preach long in this land, with a clear conscience. But to defile the conscience would be doing evil that good may come, which I look upon as a dangerous, yea, a diabolical sentiment, and therefore can never think of indulging it. My conscience must be kept void of offense towards God, as well as towards man, I am desirous to do what I can for the salvation of the immortal souls which inhabit America. But if providence should permit men to prevent me, then I am clear, and must labor where the door is open. Thursday 8. I found some religious feelings in the congregation at G's, but dead, dead times at L's. And I was so unwell as to be under the necessity of sitting down to teach the people. I returned very ill, and was unable to preach on the Lord's Day. Lord's Day, 18. My body has labored under affliction all the week, and Satan has buffeted me with heavy temptations. I have been much tempted to impatience, and to say, Show wherefore thou contendest with me. But shall the clay complain in the hand of the potter? Lord, support me and enable me to resist the devil, that he may flee from me. This was a very solemn day in the great congregation, and I felt unusual power in preaching on Acts twenty twenty-seven. I left the people under the effects of what they had heard and felt, and then returned to Mr. W.'s. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. Friday, 23. My indisposition still cleaveth to my shattered frame. But my spirit is for the most part pacific and calm, 
though much tempted. Lord, grant me patience and resignation on all occasions, that while I am a living man I may never complain. Tuesday, 27. My soul was impressed with a deeper sense of the presence and purity of God, and I felt determined to be more circumspect and watchful in every part of my conduct. But what are all the resolutions of man without the grace of God? And will God withhold his grace without any fault in us? By no means. He hath encouraged us to ask, by promising that we shall receive, if we do not ask amiss. Lord, help me to fulfill all my covenant engagements, that I may have respect to every precept of thy righteous law, and in all things do according to thy holy will. I spent part of this day in reading, but a fever and pains produced a restless night. Thursday, 29. I spoke with some animation at G's, and most of the congregation felt the weight of divine truths. Friday, 30. I put the society in some order at L's, turning out the disorderly members, which always are a weight and a curse to any religious community. St. Paul said to the Corinthians, though alluding to only one disorderly person among them, Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? 1 Corinthians 5, 6 And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, for the covetousness of Achan, who then dwelt among them. Joshua 7, 1 And who can tell how often the Lord is displeased with his church, for the wickedness of some of its members? No doubt but this frequently checks the spiritual progress of the righteous, especially if ungodly members are known and not dealt with according to the gospel. I spoke plainly and closely to the people, and there was some moving of the Holy Spirit amongst them. But, alas, I am not yet so devout, spiritual, and heavenly as I ought to be. Neither do I feel that burning love to God which I want to feel. What small returns do I make, after my late visitations of judgment and mercy? I may well say of myself, Ah, ungrateful wretch! May the Lord help me to be always mending. Lord's Day, November 1 After I had preached a funeral sermon, at which the hearts of many were powerfully wrought upon, I returned to T.W.'s, making twenty miles in the hole, and lectured in the evening, and then lay me down and slept in peace. Wednesday 4 There was some melting among the people at T.'s, and a prospect of a work of grace. On Thursday I felt deep workings of heart, but was much taken up with God in prayer. I rode to Quantico, and found no want of anything there but religion. I then returned to Sussex, and found my spirit at liberty in preaching to those untaught people, who behaved with seriousness and attention. Monday 9 I rode to T.W.'s, and cannot help esteeming his house as my temporary home, though I meet with more spiritual trials than in constant traveling. Lord, point out my way, and show what thou wouldst have me to do. Saturday, 14. I have spent this week in reading and private exercises, and have been much indisposed in my body. But, 
glory to God. I have been favored with some access to his gracious presence, and felt strong desires to be abased as in the dust before him. Lord's Day 15 This morning I felt very unwell, but ventured to set out for my appointment twenty miles off, and found both my body and mind strengthened far beyond my expectation. Monday 16 I preached to a few poor people at W.R.'s, and then returned to my temporary home in a much better state of health than when I went out. Thus is my life at present checkered. I come home and grow sick, then go out and grow better, and return to meet affliction again. So the Lord is pleased to deal with me, to keep my spirit down. Father of mercies, let thy will be done. I am thine, and submit to be dealt with according to thy pleasure. Wednesday, 18. My soul was much devoted to God. I spent part of the day in visiting the sick, and then returning I preached in the evening, with much liberty, at E.W.'s. Thursday, 19. Having had much time on my hands, I have endeavored to improve it by enriching my understanding with religious knowledge, and by frequent, earnest prayer to Almighty God, that He may enrich my heart with all the graces of His Holy Spirit. I have lately read through the first volume of Dee's Paraphrase, and am now waiting for sufficient health, and a proper opportunity, to turn out and labor in the field, which is white for harvest. But, alas, I cannot think that I grow in grace as I increase in knowledge. Come, dear Lord, come quickly into my panting soul, and by thy gracious beams transform my whole soul into thy divine likeness, that I may shine in all the image of Christ Jesus. Dr. D.'s critical notes and improvements are excellent, instructive, and beautiful, well calculated for forming the minds of young preachers, to prevent wild and unwarrantable expositions such as some are apt to give. He must have been a man of extensive reading and learning. Lord's Day 22 Some souls were affected while I was preaching on 1 Corinthians 6, 20 and in class meeting the members of society were greatly quickened. But it is matter of lamentation to me that I do not glorify God more perfectly. On Monday I read Dee's paraphrase, and admire his spirit, sense, and ingenuity, though I disagree with him in respect to the unconditional perseverance of saints. That this doctrine has a pernicious influence on the conduct of many is beyond all doubt, and a man must live much above his principles to be diligent and faithful under the persuasion of such a stupefying and dangerous sentiment. Thursday, 26. My mind has lately been much taken up with God, and I have frequently struggled and wrestled and pleaded for more of the divine nature. Bid me in thy image rise, a saint, a creature new, true and merciful and wise, and pure and happy too. This thy primitive design, that I should in thee be blessed, should within the arms divine forever, ever rest. Friday, 27. I am much delighted in reading the second volume of Dee's paraphrase, 
and am occupied with various exercises, and my soul enjoys sweet peace. But all this is not traveling and preaching at large for the salvation of souls. Lord, when shall I return to my beloved employment, and be every day casting the gospel net to bring souls to the expanded arms of the willing Saviour? Lord's Day 29 We had a large audience and a very solemn time at J's. I then returned and lectured at E.W.'s. Thursday, December 3 Under some groundless apprehensions, I set out for Somerset. My soul poured out abundant prayer by the way, and the Lord, by His providence, conducted me in safety. Tuesday, 8 after my little excursion to Broad Creek and its adjacent parts, I returned, and notwithstanding all the foreboding apprehensions of my mind, no person offered me the smallest insult. Wednesday, 9. My mind was kept in a calm serenity, but as I did not enjoy such deep communion with God as my soul was favored with in the course of the last week, I was much abased in my own eyes. Though, Upon the whole, my obligations to praise and magnify the Lord are very great, and may His grace preserve me from every degree of ingratitude. Friday, 11. As Brother H. is incapable of traveling, there seems to be a necessity for my going to M.'s. I have endeavored, and do still endeavor, to improve my time by prayer, meditation, and reading. But I cannot omit any opportunity of preaching, not knowing how soon my liberty or life may come to a final period. On Saturday I met the children and the black people, and found some gracious movings among them. Lord's Day 13 With much freedom of spirit I preached at E.W.'s on these words, so applicable to thousands. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm and another to his merchandise, and the remnant took his servants, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. The word, attended by the grace of God, wrought on the understandings of some, and on the affections of others. Tuesday 15 The Lord blessed me with sweet peace, though too much company interrupted my private meditations and study. It seems as if I must commit myself to divine providence, and go forth to declare the glad tidings of salvation to the children of men, lest others should follow my example of a partial silence without sufficient cause. Thursday, 17. I have ended the fourth volume of Mr. Doddridge's paraphrase. He sets the apostle off to the greatest advantage on the two epistles to the Corinthians. My soul has been grievously exercised by temptations to impatience and discontent. With the greatest propriety, St. Paul exhorted Timothy to war a good warfare. A warfare indeed! How powerful and subtle our enemies! And it is very remarkable that all the addresses to the seven churches of Asia conclude with a promise to them that overcome. Lord, Help me to stand in the evil day, fortified with faith, meekness, patience, and love, that, conquering every foe, by thy almighty aid, 
I may at last eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Friday, 18. I am not altogether what I wish to be, and am much tempted by Satan. Nevertheless, the Lord is my portion and my support. My labors are still in some measure circumscribed, so that I generally preach or exhort but about three times a week. Lord, let not my weakness, timidity, or unfaithfulness provoke thee to lay me aside as a broken instrument, as fit for little or no service. But for twenty months before these troublesome times fully came, I foresaw the probability of them, and was much stirred up to rely upon God and prepare for the worst. There is now an appointment for me to go to Kent, in Delaware, and my hope is that the Lord will fortify and bless me in my labors. Lord's Day 20 After preaching at L's, I returned and lectured at T.W.'s, and on Monday saw Brother W.N., who informed me of the prosperity of the work, which far exceeds my expectation. Although the laborers are driven from place to place, yet it seems the Lord will help us in his own way and time. Wednesday, 23. My temptations yesterday were very heavy and troublesome, but today my soul overflowed with gratitude to God. I have lately observed the strong propensity in children to lie, and seen how the Lord kept me from that and many other abominations from my early days. In all my ways thy hand I own, thy ruling providence I see. Assist me still my course to run, and still direct my paths to thee. My soul has been much quickened by reading the memoirs of Mr. D., who was a man of great piety and strict devotion to God. There is something peculiarly animating in the lives of holy men, for in their experience we see the veracity of God in fulfilling his gracious promises, and in their holy tempers and godly conduct we see the possibility of complying with the precepts of the gospel. Therefore, in the perusal of such tracts, we feel an increasing appetite for more pure and undefiled religion. Friday, 25. This being the day for commemorating the Saviour's birth, I preached at E.W.'s with much inward freedom, though the audience were not greatly moved. I have lately begun to read, for the first time, Mr. Hervey's celebrated dialogues, and cannot but observe his labored endeavors to establish the doctrine of the imputed righteousness of Christ. He seems to make it equal at least to the two grand commands of our Lord. And why not supersede them? But Providence has brought forth that eminent man, Mr. John Fletcher, to manage this subject whose language appears to be more natural and less studied than Mr. Hervey's, and yet in no respect inferior. And his arguments are incontestable, carrying their own conviction with them. But of this let the public judge. Saturday, 26. I intended to set out for my appointment in Kent, but a great snow prevented me. Tuesday, 29. I have generally read of late about a hundred pages a day in Hervey's Dialogues, the lives of Gilbert, Harper, Langston, Brainerd, etc. But, alas, 
how is my soul abased? It is my deliberate opinion that I do the least good in the Church of Christ of any that I know, and believe to be divinely moved to preach the gospel. How am I displeased with myself? Lord, in mercy, help, or I am undone indeed. January 1, 1779 A living miracle of divine mercy, I am brought to the beginning of another year. How many of my friends are gone to eternity the past year, while I am spared amidst temptations and afflictions of various kinds? I humbly hope, upon the whole, I am more spiritual. But, oh, how unfruitful and unprofitable! This year seems to open with forebodings of uncommon distress. Lord, prepare me for every event of thy providence. My own soul was much affected, and there appeared to be a concern among the people, while preaching today at Ells. Blessed be God! My soul has intimate access to Jesus, and is much quickened. My residue of days or hours, thine, wholly thine, shall be and all my consecrated powers a sacrifice to thee. SATURDAY two. I reached my circuit in Kent, and preached on my favorite subject. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There appeared to be some meltings of heart among the people. Upon mature reflection, I do not repent my late voluntary retirement in the state of Delaware. Notwithstanding all my afflictions and fears, I entertain a hope that after the people have been tried and humbled by their present calamities, the Lord will yet visit and bless them with spiritual light, purity, and consolation. Already I am informed that there is a gracious work going on in Sussex, in Delaware, and in Accomac and Northampton counties in Virginia. Monday 4 being prevented from traveling by a heavy fall of snow, I finished the reading of the second volume of Mr. Wesley's sermons, which I began on Saturday, and they were, as usual, made a peculiar blessing to my soul. I trust the Lord favors me with an increase of love and gratitude. Wednesday 6 I ended the first volume of Prideaux's Connections, and had a clear view of the state of the nations at the different periods of the Church of God, a just view of which is highly necessary for the understanding of the prophecies. The revolutions of kingdoms have been wonderful in all ages, and it ought not to be thought strange if they should be so now. But in all the various turns of divine providence God had, and still has, spiritual ends, and the welfare of His Church in view. Thursday 7 in reading the second volume of Prideaux, I was struck with the exact fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy. The seventy weeks, being divided into three periods, that is, into seven, sixty-two, and one week, the first reacheth from the time of the going forth of the commandment to Ezra, for the restoring of the church and the state of the Jews, in the seventh year of Artaxerxes Longabanus, to the finishing of that work by Nehemiah, forty-nine years after. The second, from the end of that period to four hundred and thirty-four years after, at which time the Messiah appeared 
in the ministry of John, and the last from that of his thus appearing to his being cut off by his death on the cross, which was one week or seven years, and all these put together fully make up seventy weeks or four hundred and ninety years of this prophecy, and, according to this computation, every particular of it hath been fully verified in a completion exactly agreeable thereto, and the whole number of years pointed out thereby exactly answered to a month. For as the going out of the commandment to Ezra, from whence they began, was in the month of Nisan, so the crucifixion of Christ was also in the same month, just four hundred and ninety years after. This day my heart was kept in peace. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. FRIDAY 8 I rode to Mr. Boyer's, and conversed freely with him on the things of God. He appeared very kind, and inclined to hear instruction. LORD'S DAY 10 Though it rained, many attended to hear the word both at Bees and at Dover. And on Monday my heart was greatly enlarged in preaching to a large congregation at H's on Romans 1, 16. There were present many persons of respectability, but every mouth was stopped, and gainsayers had nothing to say or do. TUESDAY 12 I preached at S's on the education of children and relative duties. I then rode to R. Shaw's, where I found a tender congregation, and left one soul in deep distress. It seems that God, in compassion to the souls of the people, has kept the way open for the preachers to travel, notwithstanding the imprudence of some and the wickedness of others. If the Lord is pleased to work, who or what can hinder? WEDNESDAY 13 My soul has enjoyed a deep sense of God. The congregation was large at S's, and I trust their coming together was profitable, at least to some of them. In many circuits the preachers have hardly an opportunity of reading their Bibles, much less anything else. A great part of the day is taken up in writing, preaching, and meeting the classes. And very often at night there is a large family, but one room for all sometimes no candle, so that I think it would be well under such circumstances if the preachers could have one spare day in every week for the purpose of improving themselves. Thursday 14 I had many people at teas to whom I preached with great freedom, and took occasion to explain and enforce family duties. It affords me no small joy to find that my labors are not altogether in vain. SATURDAY 16. I am grievously tempted by the enemy, but the Lord is still my defender and friend. I am now reading the third volume of Prideaux, and find it both entertaining and instructive. I still go on to enforce the education of children and family duties. LORD'S DAY 24. At the Widow Jackson's I enforced Genesis 18.19. I know him that he will command his children, and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. In the evening I opened and applied Ezekiel 36, 25, etc., with light and liberty, and the congregation felt the weight of the word. 
End of section 30. Recording by Brian Keenan.